Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Reach. I am your host, Jessica Van, CEO of Maven Recruiting Group. And today I am joined by Jeremy Burroughs. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, Jessica. How's it going? Very good. Thank you. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Excited to be good, here. Good. Well, if any, thank you. We're excited to have you. And if any of you uh, recognize Jeremy's um, voice, it's because he also has a podcast um, called The Leader Assistant and a book called The Leader Assistant, The Four Pillars of a Confident Game-Changing Assistant. Um, Jeremy is a longtime executive assistant. He's an international speaker and trainer. Um, his passion is helping assistants and executives lead well without burning out, which is a key part of, of leading. Um, and Jeremy has worked with CEOs, professional athletes, Fortune 100 board members, billionaires, pastors, and their assistants in both the nonprofit and for-profit sectors. He's currently an EA to the founder and CEO of Capacity, which is an artificial intelligence SaaS company. And he lives in St. Louis with his wife, Meg, and their boys, Weston and Silas. Um, and today, Jeremy is going to be joining us to talk about the role that an executive assistant plays in a crisis situation. So, you know, declining revenue, canceled flights and events, nervous customers, fearful employees, um, stressed out executives, you know, these are all um, situations that, uh, that executives encounter. Um, but I think especially in uh, recent history and with, you know, the, the very current events that are um, confronting us right now with COVID and the Black Lives Matter movement and um, really all of the things that, that have confronted us um, since 2020 started. Uh, I think that the discussion around the importance and the role that an assistant needs to play in a crisis situation is really apropos and really um, kind of timely. So in your opinion, what what is the role that an executive assistant should play in crisis management? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that uh, being calm in the storm or um, being steady is, is per personally, I like to say steady versus calm. I think if your kid is running out into oncoming traffic, you're not going to remain calm. You're you're going to be steady um, to execute, but you're you may not look calm <laughs> when you yeah. when you're flailing and screaming <laughs> and running to save your kid. But that said, you can't lose your cool because you won't be able to execute and get there as you know quickly and stop the oncoming traffic. And so, I I like the term steady over calm. And so, um, I think the role of an EA is to kind of be that steady force uh, that works with their executive to really let them kind of give give the executive permission to kind of lose their cool at times. Um, and, you know, because <laughs> sometimes that's healthy, mm -hmm. um, especially for, for, you know, a C, I, I support a CEO and sometimes it's healthy 
for him to, you know, leave the room or go find a, find a room and, and kind of lose it for a minute. Um, but he, but he needs someone steady to support him and kind of level him out. And so I think that, you know, a, a cup, one of the things, um, that I think helps me stay steady is embracing the tension, um, around us. Mm-hmm. And I think, that that's kind of the big probably role of an EA in crisis management is learning to just embrace the ups and downs, embrace the swings and really, um, align your desires with, um, or, or even just being able to, to embrace the tension of you have desires that you have, your executive has desires, the leadership team, the board members, um, the other EAs, Everyone has these kind of there's this pull, this this pull from all different directions, and instead of trying to fight back or let it let it just happen, kind of have to almost grab it um, by by the rope and just kind of embrace it and and balance it. Mm-hmm. That's why I have one of the reasons why I have a um, a rope, a climbing rope with a carabiner on it on the book cover for my book, The Leader Assistant. Um, is because I thought it was just such a great image Mm -hmm. for what EAs have to do where they're getting pulled all different directions um, and they're not letting go of the rope and they're not cutting the rope and they're not yanking on it. They're just kind of balancing it. It's not because you climbed Half Dome? No, No. it's not. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. just to clarify. No, it is. It's it's an important metaphor for the relationship. And I, I think like it's... It's interesting, like, obviously, there's sort of the crisis team, right, that any executive might lean on in in a moment of um, of duress. And maybe it's, you know, maybe it's their marketing team or their marketing head, or it's the PR agency that they that they that they have retained, or it's the CFO to, you know, think and, and triage, you know, um, how they're going to navigate through the financial storm. But I think that, um in my view, you know, the the assistant is an integral part of that arsenal, um, you know, and, and weighing in and, and, and offering a different kind of, bringing a different kind of gravitas and a different kind of um, importance to the conversation. But I think like the point that you're making is really, is really important that it's, you know, it's, it's kind of creating that emotional um, space for the executive to just, you know, if they need to lose it or if they need to have a moment of vulnerability, I think that's maybe the person that they can express that to. Would would you agree with that and, and that being an important part of it? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a, like a safe mm-hmm. space or a trusted confidant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, especially I, I worked with my prior executive for 12 years, but I was directly his assistant for six years. And, you know, there's things that he wanted to vent about or talk through that, you know, know, kind of open and honestly, and he couldn't do that with just anybody. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, yeah, I I totally agree. So I mentioned, you know, some of the the elements that are going on right now um, in our in our culture and in our global um, economy and uh, reality and also in in our in our communities I mean how has how has your role been impacted by the events uh, that we've seen unfold in the last three to four months um, and how has your role changed 
Yeah, well, it's it's definitely uh, involved a lot more work from home, which I enjoy. I'm, I'm an introvert. I prefer working from home, so that's been nice. Um, we s- were just about to start raising capital um, and not really... <laughs> Not really an ideal time to raise capital uh, when there's a global pandemic and uh, the market crashed kind of right when we started. Um, so I've been really just trying to keep reaching out to uh, potential investors, keep nurturing relationships to try to try to get sales uh, in spite of all this. So we've we've had to kind of as far as shifting um, or changing my role it hasn't really changed that much practically speaking, but we've, tr- we've had to be more, um, sensitive, I guess, in some of the language we use when we reach out to people, cause we can't just ignore this global pandemic and we don't want to ignore, mm-hmm. um, you know, black lives matter movement and systemic racism. We don't want to just ignore it, obviously. Um, so we just have to be sensitive in how we're reaching out to people, how we're following up with people. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm definitely setting a lot more um, reminders to follow up with people in a couple months because we get a lot of yeah there's too much uncertainty right now mm-hmm. hit me up in a couple months um, and then you know just the trying to keep connected with my executive um, while not being you know while not sitting right next to him um, you know all day mm-hmm. in the office but otherwise I mean to be honest we were pretty we're you know we're a small startup tech company and we were pretty versatile when we had to leave the office and um so it hasn't changed too much in in that sense Mm -hmm. yeah i think for many executives and companies you know the whatever roadmap they they thought they were working with for 2020 and whatever their goals might have been when they were setting them you know last year or whenever it was uh, just got tossed out the window. And I think it's, for a lot of people, it's been kind of a scramble to figure out, well, what do I focus on now? And given that my roadmap is completely different now, um, I'm sure the same can be said for you and um, and capacity. So what criteria are you using now, you know, when you're prioritizing what needs to happen? Um, how are you? How are you making that adjustment? It kind of comes down to, you know, I ask my executive every week, I say, what are the, what, what are the top three things on your mind? Um, and if I don't ask, he, <laughs> he tells me. Um, and it, it just comes down to, all right, what are the top three things? And right now it's raising capital, growing revenue. Uh, and he said, a, he actually said a different way uh, the other day. He said, I'm trying to stay healthy, stay married and stay in business. <laughs> And so, <laughs> so anything that I do, anything that I do falls under one of those umbrellas, yeah. um, to, to support him in those goals. Yep. So, um, so yeah, I think just, just asking, it's the communication between, uh, myself and my CEO is just like constantly double checking, triple checking, making sure that, okay, did, did priorities shift this week? You know, oh yeah. You know what it did? I actually need you to help work on the product with this team, you know, to give them some feedback. And, you know, I just, uh, just ready. I've, it's funny. I'm, I'm a, I'm a hat guy. I have a lot of hats hanging up in my, in my room. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
you could see them now. There's probably 15 of them hanging up, different, mostly sports, Kansas City sports hats. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, I never really thought about it until just now. But, you know, I wear a lot of different hats in my role as an EA, as, as all EAs do. Yep. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I just think it's kind of funny that I just realized that I've always had different hats and I'll wear a different hat every day. And that's literally what my job is, too. So, um, yeah. It's kind of funny. Well, is it too late to change the cover of the book? Uh, no. <laughs> it is, yes. It yes, is it is too late. late. Okay. <laughs> but, I, you know, I think the point that you're making is, 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 is well taken in that regardless of how your role is evolving, regardless of what the current situation is dictating, it all boils down to at any given point, a good EA has to know where the ball is at, at any given time. And knowing where the ball is means... What does my executive care about today? What are their priorities now? And, um, you know, <laughs> fortunately, your, your executive, you know, very succinctly articulated what, they, what the three things that they care about. But that it really does, um, that creates the framework, right, for how you have to support and all of, you know, all of the things that you think about and all of the, the actions that you execute on are, are really in the service of those objectives, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So... Um, so what do you think are the three most important things people can do right now in, in the current climate um, for their executives? One thing you could, um, EA should do is plan ahead and look, keep looking ahead. I know, it's, I know it's like, oh, there's no travel, there's no events coming up, um, but still look, look, at, look out a year, look at the, look at the overall uh, meeting rhythms of your organization. When do we usually have board meetings? When do we usually have a holiday party? You know, look out at all those different milestones and um, different events and just make sure that you have thought of it or make sure that the team that's supposed to think of it is thinking of it. Because I think a lot of people right now are just trying to make it through each day that they, they can't even look a week or two ahead because they're like, well, there's nothing going on. Um, I think um, things will sneak up on you uh, quicker than you think. Um, and then even just like coming up with ideas, like, well, what are we going to do for, we got to have a plan B for the holiday party if we're not able to meet in person, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like that. So being proactive and, you know, taking that 30,000 foot view while everyone else is just trying to, you know, survive the day. Uh, another thing would be try to make, uh, maintain control of their calendar because I know a lot of EAs I've talked to, they say, well, you know, now that we've been working from home, um, he just calls people or they text him and they, you know, he's kind of hopping on random calls all the time. Try to encourage your executive to continue to shift the load of these incoming requests over to you so that you can kind of manage their calendar and keep it um, more healthy in the sense of you know, putting all the meetings in these certain blocks and allowing for focus blocks because um, probably every EA I've talked to since the pandemic started has said something along the lines of my executive is not able to just sit down and work because sure. he's getting well, pinged all the time. Yeah. Never mind so. the, the the interference of, you know, personal, the personal realm and all of that. Um, that's right. Kids totally running conflated. in, dogs yeah, running in. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know of anybody that's been able to hold that boundary completely effectively in, in all of this. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and you and you'll have to revisit that that rhythm at all times, anyways. Even when you're in the office, but even more so um, while working from home. Um, but yeah, and then I think the last thing I'd say would be as far as their goals, like try to help continue to track things, whether it's audit their time, whether it's track how many meetings they have with sales opportunities or whether it's following up with people that they've had calls with because it's really easy to kind of let things slide during this time because we don't see them walk into the conference room. We don't see them on that call with so-and-so. Um, so just, just trying to, to document and audit the things that you're doing and follow up with the things that your executive is doing is, is another way you can really help. Yeah. I think that's actually, that's a really important point because, um, I think living off of the calendar is super important now because how else does your EA have any kind of visibility really into what you're doing? Because they, they, again, like you just said, they don't have that access. They don't have that visibility. So it's, it makes follow up hard um, or, or rather it changes it. Yeah. So in hindsight, as you're, as you're thinking about, you know, how you're navigating this this period and how you're supporting your executive during this time? Um, what experiences have you had in your in your life or your career that have prepared you for a time like this and and to be able to um, be a steady, as you like to say, um, person during a time like this? As far as experiences, I've my my dad when I was young, when I was probably let's see nineteen or twenty. My dad, long story short, got fired and was kind of reeling and I kind of had to step in and be kind of this father figure to my three siblings and my mom and, you know, because I'm the oldest of of four kids and it was just kind of this moment where I had to kind of step up and say, all right, someone has to be steady here because everyone else is losing their, you know what, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, I guess that just jumping into that it's not that I wanted that experience or that I'm glad that I had to have that experience um but thinking back now I'm like okay that was one of those times where everything else everyone else around me was freaking out and and falling apart and I just had to step up and 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 be steady and so um I think that's definitely something that helped me prepare to be an EA um so you know I had a I have a coworker that says she's asked me several times how do you how do you remain so calm? Hmm. Like how can you stay so so just chill during this time right now? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, and then I had to think about it. I put it in my book because I was like, that's, I have to have an answer to that question now. Like she keeps asking me that. I'm like, I haven't even thought of it. I'm glad she did ask me because now I'm like, okay, well, what did I, what what do I do to remain steady? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the you know what I talked about a little bit earlier about embracing the tension. Just like there's no reason to fight it. Just embrace it. Uh, another thing I do is um, I've just kind of learned to enjoy the process. And so instead of, you know, I used to get really upset when my executive would come in and say, all right, we're scrapping everything. We're changing the whole plan. Yeah. And I just thought that I just had wasted the last six weeks of my life trying to do this. But I started realizing that, you know what, actually that process of preparing for that for the last six weeks was actually part of my, you know, maturation as a man as a professional as an ea and 
I should enjoy the process because this is going to happen all the time. It's, it's, just, it's actually a requirement, I think, for executives, um, board members, or, you know, CEO, entrepreneur types to change things at the mm-hmm. last minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's one of their job requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then the, the other thing I do to kind of remain steady is, so enjoy the process, embrace the tension, and then entertain the worst case scenario. So, um, this is kind of a little bit morbid, but like, I just think like, okay, yeah, things are bad. We lost a bunch of revenue or we had to let go of a bunch of people or, you know, things are, you know, the website's down, whatever it is, but it, it really could be worse. Like just always thinking, you know what, it could be worse. And, and people are like, well, yeah, but what if you lose your job? And I'm like, well, then I'll find another job. Like the, the whole, um, kind of the root of mm-hmm. my calm, cool mm-hmm. collectedness mm-hmm. comes from um, just reminding myself over and over, and I'm not perfect, but I but I, I try to preach this to myself, um, that I am a valuable human being no matter how well I perform or how poorly I perform and at work and no matter what people say um, about me or don't say about me, like, none of that actually impacts my value as a human being. And so as long as I remind myself that and preach that to myself, then I have, I'm more likely to stay steady when everyone else is freaking out. Yeah. Well, and there's a, at the end of the day, you know, the getting bogged down with the what ifs and the, oh my goodness, and the, but if this, then what? You know, it, ultimately, it's it's a futile, it's a futile use of your energy and your talents and your power, right? Because at the end of the day, like like you said, you know, if it does come to pass, well, then, you know, you're going to draw on the fact that, like you said, you know, I'm a talented person and um, I have I have options and I have potential and I'll land on my feet. But just the the fretting, right? I think, and it's and it's so difficult to um to not d- indulge in the fretting right because it's it's just mm. so tempting especially now there's so much to fret about but um but it's largely unproductive what's your response to people who feel like an EA role is a luxury you know in, in a tough economic climate like the one that we're facing right now yeah i think that my first thing would be, what's what's their? I would ask somebody that says that, what's your definition of the EA role? What what does the EA do for you, and what, what does it mean to be an EA? Because if their definition is oh, schedule meetings and um, you know book travel, then yes, I would agree that it's an it's a luxury in a tough economic climate. Um, you should let your EA go, and you should you know book your own travel or you know, hire a contractor travel agent and you should book your own meetings or use an automated tool like Calendly. Um, but if, if they define the EA as a true partnership, as a true leadership role where they are going to offload a lot of those tasks that they shouldn't worry about uh, spending time on, um, but also have someone who can help them do those more difficult, challenging, strategic, creative um, work, then 
it's not a luxury. It's it's a necessity. And in fact, one of the things I love about my current role is I was hired number one. So my executive, his EA was like the first hire that mm. you know, he made. And so that says so much about how he recognizes the value of this position. Yeah, and he his last company. Uh, was Answers.com. They sold for almost a billion dollars. He had a, a great EA um, uh, who had a team of EAs. Like He knows the value of a solid EA, and that was like one of the first roles, like I said, that he was like, all right, I got I to gotta find me an EA. Yeah. Um, so, uh, again, it really just depends on the responsibilities that you have for your EA. Um, honestly, I think that one of the best roles to hold on to during a tough economic climate is an EA because guess what? They can wear an HR hat. Mm -hmm. They can wear an accounting hat. They can wear a recruiting hat. They can, um, yeah, they can, they can run operations or they can wear an office manager hat, whatever the hat you need them to wear, uh, during the season they can wear. And that's, um, that's definitely not a luxury, Mm -hmm. but a necessity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that I would, um, I think a nice follow up to your to your answer is just really a challenge to our listeners too that that you know if if they're feeling vulnerable on any level about their role and and its longevity then to to go through a similar exercise of self reflection and saying well am I that person that's you know doing the calendar and the vacations and and or, I'm sorry not the not the vacations the um the trips and the calendar and the events, or can I be providing additional leverage above and beyond those things? Because I think going through that type of a thoughtful exercise in, in really identifying um, high leverage projects and activities that they could take on that maybe they haven't previously, well, that's going to offer staying power and job security. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's... A lot of EAs are like, well, what, you know, I run out of stuff to do because I'm not ordering food for board meetings and I'm not, you know, doing office management stuff. I'm not booking travel. And uh, I think it's a great time to develop your skills, Um, you know, during this pandemic where you're working from home, like take courses, uh, you know, read, read books, um, you know, come up with different ways that you can make the systems and process that you were using while you were in the office more efficient. Um, so that you can come back and, and say, look how I've saved time and look how I've saved us money. Maybe renegotiate a contract with a vendor. You know, there's all, all kinds of things you can do um, to show your value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. So, Jeremy, you've written a book. I have. Yes, <laughs> uh, called The Leader Assistant. And um, I'd love to know, well, for for those um who aren't who aren't uh, familiar yet? Um, you know, it, it really is, in, in my view, um, a really helpful kind of how-to, almost like almost manual-like in terms of like how to really um, understand and uh, understand all of the components and all of the different elements that it takes to really succeed in this role, both from like the intangibles perspective, as far as the attributes that you should have as a person but also in terms of how you think, right? And how should you approach um, the different situations that you're likely to encounter? So I, I think you offer a really practical um, and digestible you know, manual for how to succeed in this role with, with really clear 
um, illustrations um, and examples of, of 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 what success looks like and the type of thinking that they need to m- implement. But I'm I'm curious, like you know, what what inspired you to 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 write this? Well, I honestly I had been coaching and and training EAs for a few years, and I just kind of started to realize like I'm walking these EAs through some of the same things over and over. Mm-hmm. And so I started documenting it. I started blogging I started putting together some courses and, you know, not that I'm not passionate about them, but I was like, you know, I would rather if I could figure out a way to share kind of the foundations, um, or share the structure of, of what I've been helping EAs with and what, what, they've has resonated with them mm-hmm. um, in a book form then I could spend my my time coaching and training them going into the nuances and work and kind of working on their specific uh, use cases and their specific challenges and really it just it just sounded more fun to me to be able to um, have this foundation that I could share uh, affordable, you know, paperback or hardcover or audiobook with someone, they could kind of get the the root of what I what I preach, if you will, mm-hmm. and then then I could kind of have more fun with them, uh, helping them with their specific situation. So that was mm-hmm. kind of the why I wanted to put it all down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just I had a bunch of blogs already written. Um, the hardest part, honestly, well, other than actually executing and actually writing it out and editing and all that, mm-hmm. the hardest part to really get going was to lock down the outline. And um, that's where I started thinking, right, how can I package this in a way that it's clear, practical, um, helpful, and kind of makes sense. And so that's kind of how the pillars evolved. Mm-hmm. And how did you arrive at the actual attributes themselves because you you go through quite quite a number of um you go through a a a discussion of you know what are the the valuable attributes and kind of personality traits um of an ea how did you how did you call that list yeah so i i talk about um four pillars Uh, the first one is embody the characteristics and when i thought about characteristics i thought okay there are dozens, if not more, lists online about here are the you know twelve characteristics of a good assistant, or here are seven you know game changing characteristics of an assistant. And I thought, okay, on one hand, I wanted to list them all because I'm like, it is really, it really is a broad spectrum that you need to have those skills. Um, but I also wanted to focus on those things that really helped EAs stand out and um, and really separate from the pack. And so I started with essential characteristics, and I list a whole bunch of them. I, kind of, I honestly, I got user feedback. I, I asked some of my email uh, readers. I asked some of my blog readers. Asked some of my LinkedIn network. Said, hey, what characteristics am I missing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I shared a list, and I got a lot of good ideas from the EA community. Um, to really fill that in, but I just list a whole bunch of them, um, at first and kind of scan over it. 
but then I dive deeper into the game changing characteristics. Um, and I honestly just thought of, okay, what are those things that when I'm talking to EAs, um, or I'm working with my executive, my, my career, what are those things that really, um, are not only, not only help me stand out and help me do more and more effect, be more effective as a strategic partner, but also what are those things that AI aren't, you know, can't just do for me someday. And so, um, that's kind of how I culled the list and, and came down to the five game changing characteristics, uh, which are discerning, uh, steady, confident, humble and future proof and future proof talks yeah. about uh, emotional intelligence and automation. But I thought, I felt like those, those five are, are those kind of the extra sauce, the special sauce, um, that aren't going to be automated away. Yeah. Well, I, I really liked the discussion actually that you had about the, the whole AI revolution and how that's impacting, um, the role of the EA. And I think you did a, a nice job of discussing, you know, certain elements that, you know, stand to be um, supplanted by the role of a robot or whatever. Um, but you also identified a number of areas that won't ever be. And I, I think that was an empowering um, part of uh, of the book where you really talk about, you know, the emotional um, value and and weight and um and, and significance that this that the role of the EA has in the life of the of the executive and you know you also mentioned things like you know being a revenue producer and finding ways to you know provide value and um, and bring opportunity to the door and again those are things that you know are not likely to be taken over by Calendly right right so exactly. yeah um, great well you must be a good EA Jeremy because you do a lot of you do a lot of stuff you have a full-time job <laughs> you you host a podcast you have a family you're raising children uh, you have a coaching business so clearly you you've figured out how to be efficient and um, and create leverage for yourself and and for your executive so there must be well, something to the to the method to the madness right I was gonna say I you know I kind of the second half of the book I guess um, well, I get into it on the in the prologue as well, but my story of how I basically worked too much, burned out, was not a leader, did not network, you know, all, all the all the things that not to do mm-hmm. is kind of in in the book and how I came to um, to learn the hard way on all this stuff. And so that was the other motivation for writing this was so that EAs out there could hopefully learn from my mistakes so that they don't have to go through the same thing. Yeah. Um, and for our listeners, can you um, remind everyone of how they can purchase your book and also how they can learn more about about you and um, the services that you offer? Yeah, so um, you can find the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, leaderassistantbook.com would probably be the best place to go. You can actually download the first three chapters for free at leaderassistantbook.com. So as we wrap up, there's one question that we like to ask all of our guests, which is um, the following. If you could support anyone in the history of the world, who would it be and why? I think that as far as being an EA in the professional setting, I would have loved to work with someone like Steve Jobs, 
Um, not, I, I'll step back. I'm not saying that that because I've heard stories that he's a great person to work for because I've heard the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, but more of just like these iconic figures um, where they, you know, very innovative and um, made some pretty dramatic changes in in technology or whatever. So Bill Gates and Steve Jobs would be very interesting to to support um, during their kind of early years mm-hmm. and through the through their growth. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for being a part of our program and um, I appreciate your perspective. I think that there's a, a number of people that um, are going to find some some relevance and um, some some real guidance in um, in what you have to share about navigating through this time. So thank you for that discussion. And um, again, wish you the best with your book and with your launch. And um, thanks for being a part of this. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jessica. It's always fun to uh, be on other podcasts. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. You can learn more about Maven at www.mavenrec.com.